Welcome to the Punk and Power Drivers Podcast here on the Backbreaker Media Network. And now, your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome, my perfect and holy children, to yet another episode of the Punk and Power Drivers Podcast right here on the Backbreaker Podcast Network. My name is Big Bad Boris, and two of my favorite people are making returns to said podcast. I think that you guys are like the most oft guest now on the podcast, Mr. Scott Box 64 of Satpod fame and Mr. Warren Diesel Barris, also of Satpod fame. Gentlemen, always a pleasure to have you on the program, as you would say, Warren. Thank you for having us or me and also Scotty. Yeah, thanks for having me thrice. Oh, there's that charisma from you guys right. that I that I know and love. Technically, Scotty's the most because uh, it's only my second time. Oh, Scotty yeah, Scotty. himself. So yeah, this is yeah, that solo episode. The the highest rated episode of Sapo or of Sapo of the <laughs> of the podcast. I don't even know. I should go and look and see. I think uh Taryn from Accounting still has the the most streams uh, so far of this. Well, weekend. that that makes sense though. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she's balancing books. With striking good looks. There you go. Sorry, I was having a beverage. What's new with you guys? Let's do the kind of the sad pod thing. Like what what's what's new? What's going on? Warren, let's start with you. What's since we spoke last, I know you're you're still you're doing your radio thing and plugging away. What's mm-hmm. going on? Uh man, not a lot new. Did I had I moved the last when did we do the last one? I was trying to remember that. I should, should look that up today. I can't remember. I think you had moved. Because there was okay. something where I was like, oh, him and Brando don't live together. Anymore. That's right. Yeah, we did have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's not even new. So uh, do you live alone now? No, I live with uh, a buddy, Matt Eads. Um, oh, okay. The Matt Eads? Yes, of of Talking Reckless podcast fame. Is that still a thing? Uh, they are on, a, are, are on a hiatus, which is apparently coming to an end relatively soon. Ooh, how long has this hiatus been? Uh, a couple months, maybe three months. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, uh, nothing big. Yeah. All right. Tough over the pandemic, yeah. uh, obviously. Recording like the way that I mean, you do a fine job of it, Boris. Thank you. But it's it's not ideal, as you know. So. Yeah, we just stuff. take a break. Yeah. And everything's getting all fucked up with the pandemic again now. Like half the flames have the shit now, and yeah, it's. I don't know if they have it, but they're in they're in COVID protocol, whatever that means. So they're exposed uh, enough where they have yeah, to be in protocol. Yeah. I blame the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I think they're the ones that gave it to everybody. Yeah, because they're the well, them and Boston. We played them. The others yeah. played them, and then yeah. now we've got a guy and a coach in there too, and yeah. potentially more risk. And it, even Toronto today did the the fifty percent capacity at live sporting events. So oh, they did. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah Toronto's if, cutting it back. I wonder if it's gonna if it's gonna get shut down for a bit. I don't know. Like it kind of feels like like I don't know if you remember, but like that March of 2020 when things first started, where like Rudy Gobert from the NBA, yeah, touched the microphone, and then it was just like <laughs> boom, 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 boom. This guy, this guy, this guy, and then yeah, three days later it was yeah, no, we're shutting it down. Like that's kind of what it feels like right now again. So. And I read uh, this morning that like 75 NFL players supposedly have, are in protocol yeah. or positive or something along those lines. So. That's a shit ton of NBAers right now that yeah. are in COVID protocol. So I wonder if the that, Thunderdome's coming back too. <laughs> oof, 
Yeah, that's can't wait for that. Yeah, uh, oh, the dark era, Scotty. Ooh, man, Scotty, what's going on? Uh, I do a fantasy basketball podcast nowadays. Fantasy uh, basketball. Me, yeah, I personally fell. You want to check it out? It's on Spotify. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't um, know you were a big basketball guy. Should I know that? Yeah, my brother's a big basketball guy. I play fantasy basketball every year the past like four years. Um, I've got a good group of friends who are really into it, so it just kind of got me into it. Okay. Um, yeah, you weren't always like a basketball guy, were you? Um, no, probably like the Raptors playoff run where they won the championship was like the year the year I got into it. But now I stuck around. But I'm like the comedical relief and sports betting guy on the show. Comedical. There we go. There's the first (laughs) word. I think that, like, speaking of that Raptors, that Raptors playoff run, I think that that's one of those things where you're going to see maybe in like 10 or 12 years' time, maybe even a little bit less, you're going to start to see an influx of Canadian players in like college and the NBA because that's going to turn a lot of, of, of young kids onto basketball and that's going to, you know, we're going to see the fruits of that come along. Yeah, that sense? I, I totally, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, there's more Canadian players now than ever, but there's still, a, there's still a small percentage compared to how many Americans there yeah. are. But there's yeah, still- I totally think that you're right. Inspiring the next generation kind of thing. And hopefully yeah. by then there's, there's another Canadian basketball franchise. That'd be neat. Yeah, where bring back the Grizzlies. Where would be a good place for that? Like I don't I, know. I, I don't know why Vancouver fizzled. Like I don't know. Understand what happened with that? I don't really follow the NBA, so I don't know why the Grizzlies left. Do you know why? I don't know why. Like it couldn't have been. Well, I mean, I don't know. I was I was still relatively young when they when they moved them. But I, I, I like I don't think it was an attendance thing or like they weren't making money. But I have no idea. Like that that's still. I think it would easily fit now. There's. There's even talk about maybe doing an MLB team in Vancouver too, right? Like, okay, just to have that that West Coast kind of battle with you know Seattle and those teams yeah. there, because they're supposed to be the the Rays are supposed to be splitting with Montreal. Is that still a thing that was supposedly happening? I think so for next year. Yeah, it's supposed to be a. I don't know if it's a full 50-50 split or what it is, but yeah. Uh, See, it's funny because that that, uh, that Tampa Stadium is a dump. But Olympic Stadium is apparently kind of a dump too. Supposedly, I've yeah. never been there, but I've been to the Tampa one, and it's a shithole. So, but I think what they're kind of doing is using it as like a like a trial. Like if they if they're selling out the dump for a year or two, then mm. the city can go. Well, if maybe we build a stadium and move them up here full time. Sort maybe of thing, we right? we build a new dump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scotty, what happened to you? Didn't you have like a horror movie podcast at one point? Yeah. And then uh, I was like the only person doing it. And I was just like, this is a lot of work to do by myself. Yeah. See, that's why I don't do this one. Like that was my original, like when it started, this was, I was just going to be doing it by myself and play songs that I like. And that's kind of where the name came from. And it's just, I, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to me just talk. And, and then, you know, there's I like the a lot Q&A of Q&A episodes. Those are for, but again, it's not just me. It's still another voice. Oh, yeah, you got least. good old, uh, <laughs> Mike Milanaway. Oh God. oh God. Um. So yeah. So I even I've I I toyed around uh briefly with changing the name just because it doesn't necessarily fit anymore. But I mean, it is what it is. So let's let it be what it is. Can I ask a a question that has nothing to do with anything that we were just talking about? Of course. Scotty, did I just hear your lighter go off? <laughs> no. 
His what? Well, sorry. Something oh, no, came through me. on your end, and I thought it was a lighter sparking. Oh, using the AirPods case. Ah. Oh. I thought for sure because we don't have our video on. on the show. I thought you were yeah. I thought you were ripping the old. What's this brother smoking here? Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, so what no. I wanted this to be this week is kind of a a current events chat about the world of professional wrestling, and I know. Uh, I, I've said this ad nauseum that I don't really watch the weekly cable wrestling anymore, including like the AW and the WWE. I try to follow along with kind of what's going on and watch a little bit of videos here and there. And I don't think you guys really watch that either, do you? Nope. I have to watch AW every week. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard for us to discuss that part of, of what's going on. But the first thing I wanted to bring up, and we talked a little bit about this briefly before we, we started a recording, was uh, the ROH final battle pay-per-view and, and kind of the potentially the end of Ring of Honor. Uh, Scotty, you've watched it. I haven't. I do have it in my possession, but I've been putting it off just because it's kind of bumming me out a little bit, to be honest. I've been a really loyal ROH guy pretty much since the beginning. I remember I was I was tape trading back in 2001 and, and I remember that show happening and me like just working my butt off to try to get a tape of it. And it shows how much the the like wrestling fandom, so to speak, and technology has changed because I'm sure I had to wait. I want to say at least a couple of months, if not longer, because they had to film that show and then they had to edit that show and put that tape out for sale or a video who ran Ring of Honor at the time when they launched or a video had to film that show, edit it, put it out for sale. Some dude. Well, they didn't mention our video at all today. Well, it's a, it's a little. Uh, I wonder why. <laughs> okay, wink, wink. so you do know why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so somebody then had to buy that tape and then had to, you know, have that tape for trade. And then I had to have something that they wanted. And then we had to dub those tapes and then mail those tapes. So that's the, quite the process of of how tape trading worked to get a hold of that first ROH show. I'd like to know how long it was between the day that that show came out or the day that show happened, I should say to when I was able to watch it. It had probably had to be at least a couple of months, maybe three months. So it shows the, the instant gratification we have now and why I love it so much with the completely legal ways of getting wrestling or even like just like internet pay-per-views and stuff. And I know I'm droning on and on, but uh, Scotty, you watched the show. Uh, how was it? You know, it was good. Uh, I definitely think it is a sad moment to see ROH uh, be going away the way it is kind of going. Because uh, it's not just like, oh, hey, they're, all the talent is elsewhere. Because that's what kind of happened. And I stopped watching ROH for a while. Because I used to watch weekly back like, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then all the talent kind of went elsewhere either AEW or NXT. And then um, once AEW came out, I was just like, I'll watch that. But like, I remember the first time I ever bought an internet pay-per-view. It was for Final Battle, and it was Steen versus Generico Ladder War. It's funny because that's the first internet pay-per-view I bought, and that just actually showed up in my Facebook memories. I was looking at it, and it was saying, I'm giving this uh, internet pay-per-view thing a try. If you want to come to my house and watch uh, the, the the ROH final battle show, and I remember it being that Steen and Generico ladder match, so it's kind of cool. We both bought that same one. Yeah, yeah. So, and I remember for a while I was part of like 
honor, not honor club. It was whatever they were doing before that. Um, but yeah, you know, this year's final battle, it was a nice little send off with uh, old talent like Punk and Danielson and Adam Cole, Hangman sending well wishes. Jimmy Jacobs sent a message in. Um, I would say like have a drink with it so you can kind of have a nice little send off for ROH. Yeah. The video packages were phenomenal recapping some of the stuff throughout the years. And I think I've, so I'm, I, sorry. Oh, I was, I would give it a, give it a watch Boris. I would definitely say it's worth watching. It's just, oh, it I, is sad, especially at the end. Uh, Rick Abani or whatever. No, the commentator. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal job by him. He he really made the emotion come through. Yeah, I heard a lot of people really putting over him, and I wasn't really like when Kevin Kelly left. I wasn't really a big fan of of him. I didn't like him, like I'll be honest. But as the time has gone by, he really grew on me. That I I think he's a really good commentator. Yeah, he's definitely in my top five for current current day uh, wrestling commentators. And I feel pretty privileged to, I got a chance to go to a couple of ROH shows, including what I think might have been one of their best shows that they ever did, like like work-wise. And um, I think it was, if you don't count the Madison Square Garden show, I think it was their biggest attendance-wise show as well. It was uh, the Supercard of Honor in 2018 in New Orleans. They did it at the UNO Lakefront Arena. I just remember that because I was there. Uh, and it was on, I believe, on the campus of the University of New Orleans, uh, UNO, obviously. And it was their biggest attended show to date. And I think the only one they did that was bigger than that was... Um, MSG? MSG. But yeah, but like that show, like, I'm going to actually, I'm going to see, give me three, you guys talk amongst yourself for a second while I'm going to pull up this card because I, it's, I, I'm so happy I got to go to the show. I, I have questions. So good. I can fill. Uh, I've been kind of like, I've seen the, obviously the news about ROH, whatever, but I don't totally like, are they like officially done permanently or is it just like a hiatus? Well, the, it's a hiatus, but they, uh, they released all their con- wrestlers. It's a hiatus until so anyone the they next- had under contract. Yeah, a hiatus till uh, the next Supercard of Honor, which is uh, uh, in April. But yeah, they released everybody. A lot of the scuttlebutt is that they're not going to be coming back. And if they do, it's going to be kind of like a PWG thing where they just kind of see who's available and throw a show together. But Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to whip through this, this show really quickly just because uh, I remember these first three matches were not on the internet pay-per-view, but they were for the live crowd they were doing the tournament to crown the first ever woman of honor uh champion so kelly klein uh beat mayu iwotani and then sumi sakai beat Tanil dashwood to go to and those two went to the finals which was on the show and then the other dark this was a dark match this was not on the show it was a dark match um or no this was on the show those other two matches were not on the show this one was i apologize uh chuck taylor beat jonathan gresham Oh, Chucky T. Yeah. Jonathan Gresham. Wow, yeah. that's crazy considering he was like the last ROH world champion. Yeah, and he was the opener in this. Um, and then uh the next match, uh Punishment Martinez, who is now uh what's his name? Uh oh, he is fuck, I don't watch Raw. Um Damian Priest. He uh, did, uh, Damian Priest, and he, thank you, Warren. He beat uh Tomohiro Ishii of New Japan Pro Wrestling. 
Next match, and I think if this happened right now on AEW, the world would mark the fuck out. And it was the fifth match on this show. Uh, Kota Ibushi defeated Hangman Page. Oh, if yeah. that if that happened now on an AEW pay per view, it would like you know everybody would jizz their pants and the internet would explode. Uh, the tournament final for the inaugural Women of Honor Champion Sumi Sakai defeated Kelly Klein. Um, ladder war. Isn't Sumi Sakai about to retire? I have no idea to be honest. She looks like she's. Oh, I thought she. She looks. I thought I saw a tweet older. saying that like 2022 is her last year of wrestling. Um, ladder war eight. SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky defeated Flip Gordon and the Young Bucks. I remember that being a crazy ladder match. Um, the Briscoe, Whatever happened to Flip Gordon? I hear he's like an anti-vaxxer and a flat earther and a bunch of all that stuff. So Good. who knows? Uh, Sumi Sakai is going to retire next year. She tweeted out, next year will be the perfect year for my retirement. Ah, Cool. Uh, the Briscoes defeated Jay Lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi. It was cool to see Tanahashi live. Uh, Silas Young defeated Kenny King for the television championship. Uh, this was like the semi-main event. This was like when Bullet Club was not fine. Uh, Cody beat Kenny Omega. And then the main event, uh, that match was 37 minutes long too. This was a long show. And then the main event, Dalton Castle defended the ROH title against Marty Skrull. So that's a pretty solid lineup considering where all those guys are now. And, you know, I was pretty happy to be able to go to that show live. Third row. It was where's, awesome. where's Marty Skrull nowadays? Marty Skrull is canceled. Is he? Yeah. You didn't hear Did about that? Him? Is that yeah, the guy that's... with the bird, the like old school bird mask? Was that him? Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the plague mask, mask thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, uh, he got caught up in the, I don't know specifics to be perfectly honest. I just know that in all that, that me too thing that he was ah. caught up in that. And that's why he's been gone for all these years, which is unfortunate for, for a lot. Cause I was a big fan of his. I thought he was very good promo and he was solid in the ring and like he understood his character and stuff and he was fun to watch. So. I, I don't know what he did, but I know he's been persona non grata for quite a few years now. On September 22nd of this year, apparently he debuted in Puerto Rico. CWA. <laughs> really? Three well. you can go when you're, uh, you're a quote-unquote offender. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much says it all. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of, of current events is um, the number of WWE talent that were released this year. Uh, we saw the kind of the new the new NXT come in and a lot of the older NXT talent got the boot. And uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I don't really know what to say about it. Yeah, I mean, they've they've thanks, guys. <laughs> they've kind of made their their uh, like that. They're going back to big boy shit. Right. That's kind of been the mentality that I've seen. Right? Is that Vince wants the big men slapping meat thing going and yeah he, he wants to kill the black and gold super indie that like we once loved I yeah and then but then at the same time like then then they get rid of like a Nia Jax at this like yeah, I don't know I, I don't I don't know what to make of it either it's it's alarming I guess I, I mean people who are released who like were only brought back recently like in John Morrison I feel like he had more to give like he's yeah, not a or, bad talent, so why would they the, let him go? The 
what was the group that they had just debuted on SmackDown? Oh, Hit Row. Yeah, three of them. It, like what? I thought that why? was going to be a cool hip new thing. I thought that like that was going to be a cool thing for like a different demographic, and then boom, it was over. Yeah, I can't lie. I, I I I don't know. I haven't watched enough to know who they were, but I know that they had just gotten. They had just made major or main roster kind of debuts. When they got they, the they were part of the draft, I think they got drafted as from NXT to SmackDown like oh, two okay. weeks before they got canned, or three of them got canned, whatever. Yeah. So like I they can, can the girl and then they canned everybody else. Yeah. I yeah. can kind of sort of understand from a business standpoint. Like I just think of it in terms of where I work. Like I work in like a retail sort of environment, and right now, um, hours are tight. They cut hours, and that's one of the ways that they help you know maintain being profitable and i i can see that sort of from this kind of aspect too you have extra bodies that you may not necessarily have things or or you want to do with them or what have you so you you cut those bodies to help maintain being profitable that being said from what i've gathered from the limited looks i've i've taken at you know those financial releases they're pretty fucking profitable already they're uh, yeah they're maybe the most profitable they've ever been so uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, it is like it. Yeah, I, I mean, some of these guys might wind up in in AEW, but they're obviously not going to take all of them because that doesn't make any sense either. So, I mean, AEW's already taken quite a few of these bodies, and I mean, again, like I've been saying, there's only so much TV time to go around for everybody, and and I assume and they don't... know what they're doing and they have a plan, and I guess we'll have to wait and see. You don't want to be the the company that people go to when they get fired from the other company, right? Like you don't want to take everybody. So it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting where some of these people wind up. I'm going to see in another six months from now in like June or so, what, what the landscape looks like in terms of, of if AEW has started to maybe cut some of the fat, so to speak. Mm. Yeah. Well, I know have people on like three, the three year deals that are about to run out. So like guys like Marco stunt, I think aren't going to get renewed. Uh, he was like one of the first guys, you know, that they that they brought in. But I've got a list here, sort of, of uh, the releases for 2021. So we're going to start in reverse chronological order, okay? Uh, Jeff Hardy, obviously, just. Happened. Hey, did you hear the rumor that he might be like, like just like faked having his issues so he could get out of his contract? Because um, if that's if that's true, what a smart guy. To know how they would react to him and say, like, you got to go to rehab, decline it, and then they fire you. You're still getting Um, paid for three months. I don't know if I buy that. No, you think he's... Yeah, I don't know if he would, uh, if he, if he would fully fake. I think, I think he was just at the end of his rope and kind of threw his hands up in the air and then they told him to do whatever he wanted to do and he refused. And so they fired him. Like, I don't, I don't think he was happy there. I don't, I don't think that that's why he left the way he did. And now he's out. So. It's an interesting yeah. situation. Cause it's like, Whoa, what's kind of going on with this. And Matt, I saw Matt was saying, I think on his Twitch or something that, um, that like Matt Jeff did do a, a drug test on his own, and is is the results will help to rectify that whole rumor and whatever. So, yeah, that, it'll be interesting to see what that comes back because it seems like Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy are being very public about all of this. 
I yeah, hope I true. hope sincerely that it, that it isn't that that Jeff is the staying clean, obviously, because he's been. Yeah, I hope we just. I hope he works. Rebels. I hope he worked WWE. Like that'd be so funny. He's like, yo, they know my history. Like some I'm Brian Pillman ask. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Like that's really interesting to fucking Brian Pillman swerve him like that. That noise you just made would have been a sad pod sound bite. Oh. I guarantee it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm just gonna rifle through this list because it's long. Okay, okay? so just just bear with me. I'm gonna machine gun through this. It's gonna be like when when it kind of sinks in that these are all 2021. I think it's gonna blow your mind a little bit. So here we go. Uh, And I'm not gonna say I know who all these people are, but uh, fair enough. Okay, Uh, Ashante Adonis, Top Dollar, Drake Maverick, John Morrison, Tegan Knox, Jackson Riker, Isaiah Scott. Shane Thorne, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Nia Jax, Amber Moon, Eva Marie, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, Lindsay Dorado, Graham Metallic, Jeet Rama, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter, Zeta Ramier, uh, Jesse Karma, B-Fab, Orny Lorcan, Frankie Monet, Scarlett Bordeaux, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, Tyler Russ, Conor Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stephen Smith, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Desmond Troy, Zechariah Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, Ric Flair, Bray Wyatt, Killian Dane, Kurt Stallion, August Gray, uh, Marina Shafir, Bollywood Boys, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, Arturo Ruas, Tony Nice, Aria Davari, Ever Rise, Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, uh, Buddy Murphy, Lana, Ruby Riot. Uh, now we're only halfway through the year, by the way. Santana <laughs> Garrett, Jessamine Duke, Andrade, Lars Sullivan, uh, Steve Cutler, Samoa Joe, who is back now, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Chelsea Green, uh, Tucker Knight, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake. And I think that's it. Yeah, that's like, a lot. Look at I that! Mean, like, look at be... that that lineup. Like, that's uh, that's a lot of bodies and a lot of talent. And there's a couple of like, like there's all the main ones, but there's the ones that I really like that stick out to me, which is is like Alex Zane and Blake Christian and like Kurt Stallion and a couple of those like indie guys that I like. Those are the guys kind of that jump out to me other than like those big names, like, you know, your Kalistos and your, you know, and even, you know, and the guys obviously like Bray Wyatt and those guys too. Keith Lee. And Ever I stands out. Who is that? That's 2.0 on, uh, from Canadian Montreal Indies. And oh. then they're on AEW. They're on oh, AEW. Now. Okay. They're with like Daniel Garcia as a faction. I love Daniel Garcia. I'm glad. I love that they signed him. Him, and I'm also really happy about uh, about Lee Moriarty as well. I love that guy. I really liked um, uh, what's his WWE Spuds video that he did when he got released. The first Make one. Him. Oh, the second one. I didn't like the second time he got released. I yeah. I didn't look at it actually because remember he made really that... really cool because I know he made that super like emotional one and that kind of helped them get hired it... back again. It tied into that, and then it was so. There's bits and bits and pieces of that playing, and then it's him, supposedly current day, uh, talking to him in the future, and like going like he's having a conversation with himself, but it's flipping back and forth. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and talking about that and how 
you know, you battled through that, you did everything you wanted to do. And the best line from it was, um, it, it, you're, you, you remember when you were a kid, you didn't want to grow up to work here. You wanted to be a wrestler and you still oh, are. I should, uh, I should find that. It's really, really good. I honestly worth, worth looking up. However, the crazy thing that kind of blew my mind was that how sad and absolutely fucked is it that this dude had this professionally shot and edited video ready to go because he knew he was going to get fired at some point. <laughs> but it's also not even necessarily that. It's also a thing that, that a lot of these guys have that skill and that talent that they can whip that up in an afternoon. That's true. I like mean, that's, that the, that's the new, that's the new yep. wrestler. Like, and again, I know his name always comes up, but that's a guy like MRB. Because MRB not only can kill it in the ring and he can cut a great promo, but that guy's video editing skills, it's miles beyond anything I can do. Like I can, like I've said, I can I can film an event, I can film a show and make it look good. But the creative, those creative awesome things, I've tried to make those and those hype videos and all those kind of things. I, I try to make those and I think I can do okay. But the stuff that MRB can churn out is top notch. And that's that new wrestler who has that well-rounded craft of everything. The other one that kind of, that jumps out at me a little bit too, is I'm literally looking at him right now because he's on a PWA poster that is currently on my wall is uh, Harry Smith. Cause he got hired back and you never saw the guy. Yeah. Cause he only worked on TV. Right. And then never actually got used, but he was hired back along. I don't remember the exact date. But he was hired back a long time ago. Hmm. But weird, right? Yeah. Like and that's and that's another one of those things that, like, I guess it is. Like they claim it's budget cuts, and I feel like maybe for some of them, for it is. Some of them, it isn't. But I, yeah, I don't know. Why do you? Why do you? How do you justify having the money to bring him in? Yeah. And then you don't use him, and then you go, "Well, we don't have the money to pay you. See you later." Like I, I just there's something <laughs> missing there and then report you're making more money than ever yeah there's all the rumors that they're gonna that's sell, the thing but... i'd be so mad if i was a wrestler and they told me budget cuts and it's like but just use some of the saudi money for me i think it's more creative have nothing for you than it is budget cuts per se but anyway well they also um, did that thing where they signed up all the talent so other companies couldn't have them right see that's what they were doing when a yeah when aew kind of came in and i think that's a bit of this is a bit of the fallout from that as well uh we're gonna bust out into some music here um what i do love is that you guys both picked christmas songs even though i didn't necessarily ask you to do that i just said give me what songs you guys want to play and you guys both picked christmas songs which i think is awesome scotty tried to steal my thunder by picking my show closer <laughs> i'm not going to say what it is because we'll talk about it at the very end but we're going to go to scotty first and uh i love that scotty whenever i have a guest on and i i solicit the social media for questions you always go to <laughs> what's your favorite ska band which i kind of makes me laugh it's kind of like a running joke here but uh yeah, I think it's you, staple. you you picked a, a christmas tune from the mighty mighty boston's tell me about this song uh it's this time of year it's kind of like a rare b-side it's on their uh i think it's called rare cuts and it's like their little bulldog logo with a rare piece of meat in his mouth so just kind of bonus songs that the Mighty Mighty Boston's never put on other records. Uh, and it's a little Christmas tune. And the brass part always makes me feel warm and happy in my heart. Well, it's warm and happy in your heart. So what's the song called? This Time of Year. It is called By This Time Mighty of Year. 
Oh, you want to do it? You want to throw it to it? <laughs> yeah, I want to do it. I want all to right, all right, let's yeah. go. Here we go. Do it. All right. So it's this time of year by the Mighty Mighty Bosses here on the Punk Pile Driver Podcast. The bells, the bows, and the flashing lights, the mistletoes, and the silent nights. It's all for show, and it's all right. That's not why I love this time of year. It gets me, and it never lets me act like I don't care. This time of year is my favorite time of year, because all of us are here together. The stores I pack, the stuff to buy, the shelves I stack, the mile high. Back to what it is that I truly love about this time of year. It gets me, and it never lets me act like I don't care. It's time of year, favorite time of year, because all of us are here together. Leave this in. Leave this oh, in. Don't you know I'm leaving. You know I'm leaving. You know <laughs> oh, no. It's that was the in. Mighty Mighty Boston's on the Punk and Pile Driver podcast. <laughs> I'm Scott Box 64 Thank you for having us, Big Bad Boris, as always. <laughs> you know what? Your, 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 your first one was good. Your back sell not so great. <laughs> but that's all right. I love you anyway. Okay. I want to talk about uh, a little bit of, uh, uh, of AEW. Because, again, I don't watch it weekly. I try to keep up with a couple of things here and there. Um, before we get to the main thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about quickly about the, uh, the Cody Rhodes fire table. Like, no shirt. Just like, that's, a bad, that's, a bad, that's a bad spot. He gave her on that one, hey? Well, and like, he, like, the guy didn't, I don't know who it was. Who was it against again? Was it Alistair Black? Andrade. Andrade. No, it was Andrade. He didn't, like, <laughs> He went through the table himself, but he like I don't know. It was a weird. It was a weird way to do that. I just saw a quick social media clip of it, and a friend of mine at work was telling me that he thinks that he had some kind of like fire retardant stuff on his back mm. that appeared during the match. I don't know. I I haven't seen the whole match. All I saw was just the spot his back did look flaky. Yeah. That looked flaky before it happened. Yeah, but I heard right? there was like like the, looked, the looked yeah. like a bad sunburn to me. But like before the fire, yeah, before, yeah, because I the fire. like when he's I, just in wrestling in the match, you're like, oh, Cody's back looks really flaky. 
was was there like a, a a trash can or something dumped on him though is what i was told or a put on him or something uh i don't recall that because brandy comes out with a bunch of lighter fluid on the table and then just like lights it but i guess like the like coating on the wood was really cheap so like that just sizzled up and burned real quick and that's like burnt cody's back so bad yeah, and I've said I don't like fire spots for that. Like, I, I obviously, you know, fire is unpredictable and it's a bit dangerous. But also, if you can't light that or it just fizzled out, it just looks terrible. It just looks bad. Uh, but uh, at least Cody Rhodes got a, a ton of heat, though. Get <laughs> is he fire. full on heel now? Uh, no, he still comes out of the babyface uh, baby uh, tunnel. He's taking on Sammy Guevara, so I imagine Wait. he'll be the heel of that program. He doesn't come through the middle like nobody else anymore? No, he's been coming out through the good guy side recently. Interesting. Because they've got a big screen there now mm. in the middle. He doesn't come out and break the throne again or whatever? Cody has, like, the most old, like entrance. Like, and I'm sure Cody's a nice guy. But it's just like, let me get all the gimmicks. I got to wear extra stuff to the ring. Give me all the fireworks, a song before my actual entrance song. <laughs> he was great when he was here with PW. All the times he came in, he was very, like, in all my dealings with him, he was very friendly and very easy to deal with. So, just saying. Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to take a, take a shot at Cody. I'm sure he's a lovely person. Okay, a couple, another thing I want to talk about AEW-wise is what do we think so far of the MJF CM Punk war of words that's going on it's been entertaining it's been good but at the same time it's also been more of just like a who can get the best zinger in kind of thing more than kind kind of trying to build some legitimate heat that first that first promo was anyway when they were head to head am i wrong yeah that, no, that was the one with the, the needle dick right yeah and like the the second rate miz or whatever it was yeah yeah i thought that was i thought that was interesting that was one of those ones that like once it became official, you know, punks back, whatever. Uh, that's that's to me anyway. One of the guys when you you know run down the list of of potential matchups, specifically on the heel side in AEW, that's kind of one of the biggest ones that that is a fantasy thing. Um, I, I haven't seen. I, I I think I've only I I saw that first one, and I haven't seen any other interactions since then. So I can't really I don't really know what else has been said. The New York Islanders took a big hit. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> big shot, Punk. That was on SportsCenter. Like, I just oh, was saw it that really? Regular, regular old TSN. What did he say? He's just like, uh, they're in the Islanders' new building. And Punk just like, the, and no, the crowd is like pro-MJF because it's Long Island. It was a, yeah, his hometown so like kind of thing. Yeah, so they're like anti-punk. Like they're like booing punk. Yeah, and punk's like, "Don't boo me, boo the Islanders. They can't even score a goal in their new building." <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Right now, it's kind of who can get the best zinger in, but it's still fun. MJF is just terrible things to say. He's like, for a straight edge guy, sure does look like a meth addict. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about trying to get in Britt Baker's pants and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's it seems to be a lot of sizzle and not a lot of steak, though. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean... Is it because they haven't had a physical confrontation yet? 
But I mean, I, I, I can get that too, though, because that's what, you know, that's what you want the people to pay for. You want to pay for the fight. Because you got to yeah. remember, they don't have a $10 a month network. You want to watch that fight. You're going to pay 60 bucks for it. Or however much true. their pay-per-views are. And I honestly wonder, like, like on again, on paper, like, I'm sure the match will be great. And I know MJF's good in ring too. But, like, the kind of the biggest deal about a potential feud with these two is seeing them go toe-to-toe on the mic. Like, it's not, it's not, like, it's not when Punk finally goes to brian like it that that's obviously that match is going to be incredible mm-hmm. it's too great like that's that's the draw there but yeah they, i don't you're right it feels like there is something maybe missing that i don't know what it is i don't know how to fix it or what what the problem is but yeah it, it does seem not not as good as it could be somehow i don't know mm-hmm. now let's get to what everybody's talking about and this is something scotty that i i need explanation on this because i don't get it i don't understand it and i don't understand it i'm not saying it's bad i just don't understand it enough because i don't watch week to week is hook explain because i watched the match and all i've seen and all i know about hook is this match so all the stuff around it, I don't know why it's such a big deal. I know it's a big deal. I don't understand why because I don't watch. I watched that match. The match was fine for what it was. Everything he did was kind of cool. Like what his work was good. Everything made sense for kind of what the badass he's supposed to be, I guess. And him like turning Fuego his back. sold good for him. And him like turning his back. What I don't get is I'm hearing a lot about how it's a meme come to life. And is that really what you want to be? Like when I hear uh, of a meme, it's like something that that's not. It's a it's a joke, not to be taken which is seriously. So, weird. so explain Hook to me. Okay, so Hook, uh, Hook stood in the background of just Team Taz stuff and was always there, just arms crossed, looking serious with his big goofy hair. Right? Okay. For how long? Fuck, probably almost a year. Okay, so there is a bit of a long con on this then. And then, like, every once in a while, it would be a reference of, like, who should we send from Team Taz? Should we send Ricky Stark? Should we send Brian Cage when he was there? Should we send uh, Powerhouse Hobbs? Or should we send Hook? But then they never send Hook, right? So it's like, you know the Simpsons analogy with the, ja- or, uh, with the Japanese mafia? No. It's like, as soon as we leave, that guy's going to do something really cool. Just a guy standing there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one guy standing there, and, and the Homer's waiting because he knows he's okay. Okay, you know what? I can that, that's that how helps. the internet perceives Hook. That helps a little bit. And I guess I can see if they've been talking about sending Hook for a year when they finally send Hook, it's kind of a big deal. Okay, I kind of get it now. That helps a lot because again, the match was fine. Like, he, he like everything he did was fundamentally okay. Nothing like blew my doors off or anything that was super great, but it was like he he handled business and he looked like a, somewhat of a badass anyway. Like he's not a big kid or anything, but he looks he's he looks okay. He looks good enough, and his yeah, work, the, his the work was good off. enough. But in the in that explanation, it makes a bit more sense to me now that I I kind of get it and I'm cool with it. Yeah, because like even there's one time CM Punk was beefing Taz on the mic. And CM Punk like was like, "Why don't you send Hook?" And the, that was the first time the crowd like kind of was like, 
oh shit, like maybe we're going to get it. But then they did. But yeah, so now it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't necessarily think Hook is as great as everyone else says he is, but I don't think he sucks by any means. No, I and think like, like that one match, like it was, it was kind of a sort of feed a job guy match to him. Now it's put up or shut up time though, right? Yeah, he, he really needs to deliver with his next match. And needs to be against a, an opponent a little bit more uh, serious than Fuego Del Sol. Somebody a little bit higher up on the card, so to speak. And I love Fuego Del Sol. Oh, no. There's another guy who got himself wrong with that guy at all. Warren, did you want to say something about that? Yeah, I think I think when, like, just to go back to the, the meme thing, I think... Like I get, I get what what you're saying about it, but I think the way that that's being applied is more in the sense of like, um, like 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 kind of how Zack Ryder got himself over with the dumb videos, right? Mm, like okay. that that yeah. sort of thing where it's like, uh, Daniel Bryan was a heel when he started doing the yes thing, and then that got over. Like people just find something and they just they, they decide that they like it and it gets over and it kind of becomes okay ironically over in a weird way but then it actually yes. is over you know what i mean yes that's mm-hmm. a great way to explain it warren you know yeah. what the way that you guys have explained that to me i appreciate that it makes a lot more sense and now i kind of want to see what's next for hook now i want to kind of go back and and see some of these promos and stuff but uh yeah i'm kind of invested in this now i want to see where it's going to go and he is he is he like shoot taz's kid yeah it's legit taz's kid yeah okay He's got that uh, that Sinertia look to him. Because I saw somebody, I tweeted out, somebody tweeted out uh, that the long con goes on even farther because there's an episode of Impact from 2010 where Taz says, I just want to give a big uh, happy birthday to my kid who would have been 11 at the time. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, he's been, he's been referenced for the last 12 years or whatever, right? Like, Uh, fuck, I was going to say something else now and I forgot it was. But no, I'm kind of invested in this now. I'm interested to see where it's going to go next. Now, Warren Barris, mm. you have also picked a Christmassy type rock and roll venture. Have you not? Yeah. I, I like, I know you said you didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have to do Christmas stuff, but I think, hey, it is the season, is it not? It's like a week and a half away now, which is crazy. Yeah, time flies. I guess I should start my shopping, hey? So I, that's legitimately, I had that moment of realization today and then said I have no no shopping done at all. So I to Amazon. Have, I don't really have like an exhaustive list of people I need to Me buy either. for either, truth be told. No. But like for those people, you know, I should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I figured I, I'm not a big Christmas music guy. I kind of hate it, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I just when I thought, well, Christmas music. What are the, uh, what are, what if I do listen to anything? What do I usually listen to? And my mind finally reminded me of a band that I I like outside of Christmas music, but they do some pretty cool Christmas music, and they actually just recently released some stuff this year. And that band is August Burns Red. Okay, and what is the song? Santa Claus is doing something, right? Yeah, he's Santa Claus is coming to town, which I think was that originally done by the boss. I don't know the origin of that song. That's I mean, I just when I hear it, that's all I, I just hear him harshly screaming his way through. But I song. think there's like it's like an old traditional song, though, isn't it? I, it could be like it could be like really, really old or something. Maybe during the break, 
while we're rocking out here, you can you can do some googling. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it. But there's in no the meantime, it's, it's all instrumental, sorry. which is cool. There's no vocals on this one. It's all oh, just okay, them, cool. Them shredding and doing their own things. All so. right, now Scotty set the bar pretty high with his intro. Mm. Now I know you're a professional and you do this for the living. So for for the living, for your for living, living, for a also living, also for the dead, also for the dead. <laughs> you do it for the living and the dead. So what we're gonna do is you're gonna intro this, but when yeah. this song is done, you're you're gonna back sell it too. All right. All right, sounds now, good. Now, you can't do any worse than Scotty on the back cell. That's fair. <laughs> the bar's been set. Yeah. Mark I hope you I hope you watch it, my guy. <laughs> All right. So, Warren, let me have it. All right. Uh, I'm pleased to be here on the Punk and Pile Drivers podcast and uh, I'm happy to present you with my personal song selection. It's a Christmas song. It's Santa Claus is Coming to Town by August Burns Red.
tell me that didn't slap your ass in half. That's uh, Santa Claus <laughs> coming to town by August Burns Red on the Punk and Pile Punk and Pile Drivers podcast. Oh, so you botched it too, I man. I did. I stuttered. Super Dragon. I did that. For, I did now, it on purpose for Scotty. Now tell was, me about the origins of that song. Tell me about old Cootsie. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Is a Christmas song written by J. Fred Coots and Haven Gillespie in the year 1934. And I'm not even so, that old. No, no, you were. I think the year after that you were born, weren't you? <laughs> yes, 1935. Now, um, I went on the social medias to solicit questions for my guests, uh, as I often do. And I only received one question. I don't remember who it was from. I want to say it was... Uh, actually, I'm going to look real quick. I want to say it was from uh, Mr. Tyloni, but I'm going to search back in my Twitter machine momentarily. So bear with me here. Oh, I know. Loney or... Yes, okay. yes. It is from Tyloni. And the question is simply... How dare you? <laughs> so I want you guys to each answer. How dare you? Warren, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Warren, we're going to go to you first. Warren, how dare you? How, how dare I? Um, I dare uh, with, with words. That's how I dare. Oh, you're letting me down, man. <laughs> I don't know. How the hell do you answer that question? Hey, see, this is where this is why you you gotta You're, bring you answer thing. it. It's your podcast. You, you gotta show bring me how it. you answer it. I'm gonna let Scotty go, and then I'll answer as well. <laughs> okay. All right, Scotty. Look, look we're sorry, man. I have a question okay, for you, man. Scotty. How dare you? Look, we're sorry, man. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than uh, approval for things. So. We just do what we want nowadays. When we want, it's the podcast game. You know what? That's that's a little better. Still, you're not really hitting a home run here, but I apologize um, to the man. That let's hear it, Babe Ruth. Sock me a dinger. <laughs> okay. This guy's Ask favorite me. podcast went away, and now he, this is the only way he gets to enjoy the sap on. All right. Well, somebody needs to ask me the question then. Hey, Boris. Yes. How dare you? I dare because this is my little corner of the internet. All right. And when you step into my little corner of the internet, you're going to get hit with real. You're going to get hit hard with real, with truth. And I know I sound like Alex Jones right now. But once you're done getting hit hard with real and truth, I have the best nutraceuticals on the market. I have super <laughs> male vitality. And I have the best bone broth chicken uh, stock you can get. It'll help fight off the COVID. It'll help fight off everything. See, I went right into product. Went right into product sales. That's pretty good, right? That was pretty good. Good time there. I like that. Now, Warren, are you sitting in front of a computer right now? Uh-huh. Do you have access to any kind of classic SatPod sound effects? Because that always makes me laugh. Uh, I can, yes. Well, how long will it take? Is it Not instantaneous long. or will it take like an hour? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, can, I can get it right away. All right. Uh, is there a specific? No, no. I just, I just want you to hit me with some stuff because it'll be fun. And then we're going to put a button on the end of this one and uh, we're going to go about our business. Well, there's a couple classics that I'll uh, 
Oh, I did want to talk about another thing. Actually, while you're doing that, I want to talk about one other thing really quickly in terms of the independent wrestling. And uh, Scotty, you'll know a little bit more about this than you will, Warren. No disrespect intended. But uh, Scotty, what do you think of the upcoming big Hammerstein ballroom show that uh, that Game Changer Wrestling is doing? Uh, Game Changer is just killing it. Um, isn't it really expensive to film in the uh, the Hammerstein? See, I wonder like if, what what the kind of thing they're going to do for their production game for this being in a bit of a bigger venue. I know when they did the War Games uh, match, they they had a, a crane or a jib or whatever you want to call it, which I, I didn't really like necessarily because I like my GCW a little bit more simple and raw and gritty and, and basic and kind of, you know, and I mean, gritty is kind of the term I use. So I don't want it to be too slick looking. But I will say I want to kind of kind of toot my own horn and pat myself on the back a little bit because we talked about GCW a long time ago. I don't know if it was on SatPod or if it was maybe on this this uh, uh, podcast. But I I said they they had the work rate. They have these like great matches. They have these fun matches. They do a little bit of comedy. They do the death match stuff. They have the high flying stuff. They do a little bit of everything. And I think they do it really well. The only thing that they were missing was adding a little bit more story into it. And we've seen over the past year or so that they've really started to do that with the 440 stuff with Nick Gage and the stuff with Jimmy Lloyd and G Raver. And now they've got some stuff going with, uh, uh, Atticus Kogar and and Jordan. Yeah, look at all this the, stuff with Matt Cardona. And yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I was missing some stuff as well. But yeah, the stuff with Matt Cardona. They've taken what they do really well, and they've added just a little bit of extra story into it. And it's. I think it's made it a more well-rounded product, but kept that kind of edge they have. Scott. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I think it's. A, I, I, Oh, I may as well do the I fucking thing you. by myself. <laughs> it's like, just sandbagging us, motherfucker. I know. This guy shows up buddy. late for his own podcast. Oh, it's, it's, it was, it was se- seven minutes, all right? Fuck you. Anyway, uh, do you have anything sorry, to add sorry, to that? Sorry, Lady Gaga. David Letterman's not here yet. <laughs> okay. You'll have to wait. All right. Then he'll send you the Zoom code to get in. All right, Scooter Kelly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think GCW is definitely with Ring of Honor disappearing. Uh, I think it's a perfect chance for GCW to become the number three. or I definitely think they're the number one indie company out there. Like, would you consider Impact an indie company? Not really. They're like a cable TV sort of a thing. Yeah, they, they always have a TV deal. Like, the amount... I know a bunch of people who order GCW pay per views like, pretty regularly. And they'll do. They they so. they put out a lot of shows too. Like it seems like every couple of weeks they're doing a, like a double shots, like a, like a Friday Saturday weekend kind of thing. So they also announced the uh, the collective for WrestleMania this year, and they got a big ass like a big festival thing going with like seventeen thousand square feet of vendors and all this stuff. They haven't announced what the I'm actual. I'm surprised they're running the collective again. How come? Wasn't there like a wasn't there a lot of like positive COVID cases that came out of uh, the last collective? Well, they did two sort of different collectives last year because they did the postponed WrestleMania one, and then like they did in, in uh, they did it in Indianapolis, and they did one at, at actual WrestleMania. Um, 
so yeah uh i don't know i remember there was a little bit not like a giant terrible thing but i remember there was a few that came out of it but i think a few came out of everything so i mean who knows with this omicron or omicron or almost or whatever the new variant is called where our fucking lives are going to be but uh sounds like a superman villain who omicron it sounds like that is that what yeah, the, omicron wasn't that in the the transformers cartoon movie what they were fighting for was the omicron or was that Unicron? Uh, don't ask me. I don't know nothing about. Uh, yeah, guys, I love Transformers. Yeah, guy. you guys are too. What was the guy, uh, uh, Scotty, that in the? Why well, am I fucking blanking on this? Avengers. Uh, oh, Ultron. That's what I'm thinking of. Ultron. Then there was Voltron. You guys don't know Voltron. Yeah, there's Omicron. Oh fuck. Yeah. No, I know Voltron. It's like five robots come together to be one robot. Yeah, man. Like, like, like Power Ranger style. Yeah, like uh, Power sort Rangers of, style. yeah. Mm. All right, Warren, place Power, Ranger, fuck- Power Rangers was biting Voltron shit. Yeah, kind of actually. That's you're is not that, far off on that. Is that is that what you think, Scotty? Yeah, I do. Think it that. doesn't matter think- what you think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so Warren, into that one. Warren, play some sound effects so I can uh, so I can go to bed. All right. Mark Henry, baby. <laughs> Every time I see him, I think about that. Timer. Uh, what else we got? They got this one. Oh God, Lordy! <laughs> I still, I still don't remember the uh, uh, what that was from. Like what, what, what spurred no, that on? No clue. I think it was just. I think Scotty was just explaining something that that somebody was about to do a risky spot or something. Like, like picture like he's explaining the flaming table spot and. You know, I well, I see Cody get up there, and I'm like, "Oh God, Lordy! Oh God, Lordy!" <laughs> I, I think it was Big E was going through the ropes suicide. Ah, dive. Oh, okay, like, that, that yeah. stupid dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably exactly what it was. That makes sense. It's oh, a lot gosh. of meat coming through at once. <laughs> that was. <laughs> that would have been a sad pond uh, sound effect too. A lot of yeah. meat coming through at once. I was thinking about that too. That new day thing because they never actually say that in the song ever, do they? Uh, it not not anymore. Used to, I think. Did they? Oh, because they used. Yeah, did they? I don't think did they, they did. Do that before Biggie started going feel the power on the mic. Yeah, maybe saying maybe. whatever city name when they were the heel, like when like, they first came gospel. in. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck. Some... I feel like that didn't last long. I feel like the <laughs> new day got over quick. You have to do some research on that one. Fucking bullshit. Ah, uh, the classics never die. Uh, what was the other one that I wanted to? Where the hell is it? I thought I put it in here. Oh, I, I got it. <laughs> one, two, you hear the clock ticking. You about to stop living. I want you to remember me, but the day don't have no memory. I'm coming. Nobody Nobody I'm coming. All these years later, it still makes me laugh. Yeah, I'm still one of the best, yeah, uh, that's, best that's... production works I think I've ever done in my entire yeah. career. Didn't you start as a producer too? Uh, uh, technically, yeah. 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 All right, we're gonna put a button on this one because I want to have a little snack and, and go to bed because I'm an old man. Uh, thanks, guys. This was fun. I liked you know just uh, I didn't really have. 
anybody lined up who wanted to like come on and do the big long interview type thing that I do. And I thought we'd tackle some current events because it's kind of the end of the year and there's there's a lot of things going on right now. Well, this would have been around the time that it had we still been watching regularly that we would have done like an award show. So it felt, it felt right when you asked. Oh, we could, yeah. The, the saddies or whatever you guys called that. Yeah, shit. What did we, what the hell did this, we call this, the sad potties? That's right. The sad potties. All right. So we're going to close it down with what I believe to be the second greatest Christmas song in the history of Christmas songs. The first greatest Christmas song I played a couple of weeks ago, which of course is Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight by the Ramones. Now, this is the song when I asked for, for songs that, Scotty, you picked this one, and I, I, I shut you down immediately because I've been planning on this one for, for a couple of weeks now. This is uh, Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto by James Brown. It is a beautifully orchestrated, soulful, but also a kind of humorous uh, Christmas song that always makes me feel Christmassy. Yes, guys. Scotty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You lose Boy. him? Is he gone? Scott, are you still there? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking. You just had a... a whole long tee up for you, Scotty, and you. Oh, what a sh- what a motion this is. Actually, speaking of which. <laughs> oh, no, it's too long. Damn it. I have a clip that I just found in a weird hidden spot that is oh. titled that, and it has it in there somewhere, but that would be too long for me to find it. How long is the clip? A uh, minute and four seconds. Uh, uh, you know what? what? You want to do, do it? it? Yeah, I hit it. Why not? And then. All right. I don't remember what's all in here, so this is. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to say goodbye. Okay. I don't know if, uh, if uh, we'll, we'll end with that clip, and then we'll go into James Brown. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I will do a podcast next week. It's Christmas week. I don't know uh, uh, what 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 the future holds for next week. If I don't, I just want to say thank you to everybody who took the time to be on the podcast this uh, so far. And thank everybody who uh, took some time to listen. This is a lot of fun for me to do this. And it's kind of my way of, 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 of doing radio because I, I wanted to do radio. So. Uh, and thank, thank you, Boris, for doing it and providing us with the entertainment every well, week. I hope I hope you guys dig it, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. Jesus Christ! All right, Warren. Uh, <laughs> Warren, hit me with that clip, and we'll go into the James Brown, and we'll hopefully we'll talk to you guys all very soon. I knew it was coming, but I didn't realize it was next week. I was surprised when Becky came out and wrestled. I was like, "Oh, you're you're back. Good." Mm-hmm. Did anyone ever figure out what she was out with? Nope, which makes me think that it was a feminine issue. Oh, wait. Does it rhyme with Schmishmorshin? Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Hitch up your reindeer. Uh, Go straight to the ghetto. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Fill every stocking you find The kids are gonna love you so uh, Leave a toy for Johnny Leave a doll for Mary Leave something pretty for Donnie And don't forget about Gary Santa Claus uh, Go straight to the ghetto 
Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Tell him James Brown sent you <laughs> Go straight to the ghetto You know that I know what you will see Cause that was once me Hit it Hit it You see mothers And soul brothers Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus Oh Lord Go straight to the ghetto Fill every stock and you find The kids are gonna love you so Fill every stock and you find They know that they need you so I'm begging you Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto If anyone wanna know Tell them Hank Ballard told me so Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Never thought I'd realize I'd be singing a song With water in my eyes Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Nothing for me I've had my chance You see Santa Claus Go straight to the ghetto Santa Claus That soul brother needs So Santa Claus <laughs> 